This is Novel Marketing, the show for novelists who aren't necessarily fond of marketing, but still want to become best-selling authors. Episode 109. I'm James L. Rubart, but you can call me Jim. I'm Thomas Umstadt, Jr. And in this episode, we're going to talk to you guys about, about technology, specifically Chrome. But first, Thomas, I got I to gotta give a shout out to you because, well, you and my two sons, Mike and Taylor, because... All three of these guys have been telling me, Jim, you got to get a Mac. You got to get a Mac. You got to get a Mac. And as some of you know, I did get a Mac. And I have to say, Thomas, when I got the iPhone, it was the first time that I actually loved my phone. All my cell phones before that was, yeah, this is functional. This helps me out. This is great. And I have to confess that now that I've had my Mac for a couple of months, it's like, Oh my gosh, I love this laptop. And, and it was hard. I told <laughs> Vindication, you. Yes. I know. And I can't believe I'm saying this publicly. The reason I, I, I resisted the Mac for so long is one of my best friends is an executive with Microsoft and he's been telling me for years why no PC is the way to go. So I, I have, I have finally broken down and I confess to you that I absolutely love this Mac laptop. So. Well, awesome. <laughs> well, this, this episode, whether you're using a Mac or a PC, uh, hopefully you're using Google Chrome. It's the most popular web browser. And if you're using just the basic version of Chrome, you're missing out. There's 11 extensions. Yeah, you really are. 11 extensions are going to gonna change your writing life. And again, to your credit, Thomas, you were the guy that said, Jim, why? Why are you not using Chrome? Get on this browser. There's so many tools. So I have to thank you for that, too. So I guess we're going to hopefully introduce some folks to some extensions that are available in Chrome that they might not be using. That's right. And if you're still a Windows user who's clicking on that little blue E, I'd just like to tell you that there is a beautiful world out there that you have not yet experienced that is That's going right. to change your life. You're going to enjoy yes. being on the Internet so much more. And with these extensions, you're going to be a much more productive and better writer. So some of these are productivity extensions. Some of them will actually help you with your writing. And the first one is Grammarly. So we've talked a lot on this show about how important it is to have an editor. But you don't always can afford an editor for all of your marketing. So let's say you're putting together an email. Ideally, you'd have an editor look over that email. And I do. I have my wife. She's my editor. And she. I'm, I'm an awful writer when it comes to grammar and typos and spelling and punctuation. And typically, she's finding it when I'm crafting an email that goes out you know, to thousands of people. She'll find a dozen, two dozen errors in it until... I started using Grammarly. Wow. Grammarly is an extension for Chrome, and it catches about 95% of the things that my wife was catching. So it, it will catch if you're using the wrong your, if, you know, your with the apostrophe or your without the apostrophe. And when it corrects you, it's got a little blip that explains the grammatical rule. So it's not just fixing your grammar. It's actually educating you on grammar. So for, I've never fully understood commas, but now after using Grammarly for a year and a half, I feel like I understand commas, and I'm starting to actually enter introduce fewer typos with commas into my writing because I know, oh, if I don't put a comma after this introductory clause, Grammarly is going to put a little green underline underneath it, and it checks for hundreds of things that Word doesn't check for. <laughs> Thomas the <laughs> Comma it, King. <laughs> that's right. And it'll, it'll even check for, like, if you're using the wrong word. So uh, Word, Microsoft Word and other tools will spell check. But if, if you're using a word that's spelled correctly, but it's the wrong word, let's say it sounds similar or you're missing a letter, often they don't catch that, whereas Grammarly would. It's like, oh, I think that you're using you know the wrong word and it will suggest the correct word. And I, I, it has changed my life. I'm very happy with it. There's a free version that checks for a lot of stuff. 
I went ahead and paid for the pro version that checks for even more things. It's like having a professional editor kind of sitting next to me as I write. And it, I just, it makes me much more confident as I'm writing blog posts, as I'm writing emails. It's got a Mac app. It's got a PC app and it installs right into Chrome. So as you're just a regular email back and forth with your editor, uh, it makes it better. And I, you know, I do, I work with a lot of authors and sometimes I copy and paste their stuff or I'll see, oh, this professional author, if they were using Grammarly, it would be catching all these uh, typos <laughs> in their writing. Yeah. yeah. The second thing we want to talk to you about is ad block. And this is something I've been using for probably two years now. And this was a game changer overnight for me. Essentially, it it blocks ads that continue to pop up up on sites and it it keeps you from being distracted when you're reading things because with all these ads coming up and coming at you let's just face it some of them are well done you get distracted you go down that rabbit hole and you find you've lo- you've lost or wasted 5 10 even 15 minutes so i encourage you to get that going on your site now what's happening to me these days thomas i don't know if this happens to you but every now and then a pop-up will come up and say, we noticed that you are at, uh, you are using ad blocker. Please, please don't do this. And I get it. They want to make money off their site. But if you want to be less distracted, try this extension. Another thing about it is it makes web pages load faster. There's not as much code. There's not as much things trying to get on the site. So it makes your web pages load faster. And finally, it imp- improves your privacy which is really nice and it improves your security. So if you have not tried the free ad blocker, use that plugin. I think it'll be a game changer for you overnight. Yeah, now I don't use AdBlocker partly because I want to encourage the websites that I visit for free to continue giving me stuff for free. <laughs> so um, I remember I was taking an ethics class and uh, one of the th- one of the ethical in college and one of the ethical models they give you is act in such a way as if you would want it to be a general rule. And so I don't want everyone on the internet to use AdBlock because then nothing on the internet would be free. There'd be no way to monetize all that free stuff. And so I feel guilty using AdBlockers even though – Jim is exactly right. I feel no guilt. Those things. <laughs> Jim feels no guilt. Um, I do feel guilt using ad blockers, and because I I want to be able to support those um, you know websites, and I don't want to have to pay you know little transactions uh, for each website. There is a kind of an uh, halfway ground, and it's an uh, extension called Just Read, and what it does is it loads the whole page with the ads and everything, but then you can punch a button, and it gets rid of not just the ads, but also the sidebars and the header. And it creates, it turns the web page into effectively just a, like a print version of that page with just the text in the core version of the page. And it makes for a beautiful reading experience. You just click the button in your browser and everything disappears and it's just black text on a white background. It's very easy to read. And oh, nice. by the way, we're going to have links for all of these extensions in our episode at novelmarketing.com slash 109 is where you get the show notes. Novelmarketing.com slash 109. Uh, the next extension is Evernote Web Clipper. So if you're doing research uh, for your book, Evernote can be a great way of collecting that research all into one place. I know folks like Michael Hyatt swear by it. This is the one extension here I don't use. I have not yet jumped into Evernote. I acknowledge the fact that people who use Evernote are like the master race. They are more productive than the rest of us, but I just haven't gotten into it yet. But if you are, if you, if you're like overwhelmed with your research and it seems to be very scattered, you may want to explore using Evernote. It's very effective at what it does, and it allows you to search through all of your notes. Even if you're just, like, taking a picture of a whiteboard, it can actually even search through people's scribblings on a whiteboard. It's very effective. 
the next extension, extension number five, is Feedly. Uh, the Feedly subscribe button. So I was, I don't know if you used Google Reader back in the day, Jim, but I was a big fan of Google Reader. And the idea of subscribing to blogs and news sites via something other than email. I like to keep my email very transactional. People writing me emails and I take action on those emails. But for news, I like that to be separate. And Feedly allows you to subscribe to blogs, and almost every blog has got the technology where you can subscribe to it in Feedly. And if you have the Feedly subscribe button, you can do this with just one click. It's very easy. And uh, when, back when I had a radio show, I subscribed to you know hundreds of different news sources and blogs, and they would all come into Feedly together, and I could very easily put together the show notes uh, for the show. And uh, the Feedly subscribe button was a key way of building that Feedly uh, account. The next thing we want to talk to you about is LastPass. And this is something I've been using, gosh, probably, I'd say, again, probably a year and a half, two years. So it's fairly recent. And this also has been extremely efficient for me. Essentially, LastPass is a website that you can go to, lastpass.com, and you need to know one password. And what LastPass does is it fills in and encrypts and and provides you with passwords for all the sites you visit. LastPass will ask you, if you log into a site, it'll say, do we want to save this password? Yes, I do. So whether it's my banking, whether it's uh, logging into um, my email provider, anything, LastPass gives you the password. So essentially what it does is I don't have to type a password in any time. And when I first started using it, I realized how much time I spent looking at my my printed out password list, which was, and I'm one of these guys that believes every password should be different. I'm not one of these people that memorizes one password and uses it over and over again. That's just not smart uh, security wise. Once I got LastPass, I didn't have to type in anymore. So, Jim, real quick, I just want to explain why it's so important to have a different password on each website. If any one website is compromised and they get your password, if you've reused your password on other websites, they now have access to your account on all of those other websites. So if you had a LinkedIn account and you use that same password on your email, well, guess what? I can download your password from LinkedIn. That is publicly available information. The hackers who hacked LinkedIn posted those passwords on the internet for anyone to get. And so now, if I wanted to, if I was a bad bad person, I could log in to your email account and read all of your emails. Or maybe I just wanted to email all of your friends an advertisement for some pills I was selling or some other bad content. And you will inevitably be embarrassed because there are thousands of uh, websites who have been hacked. In fact, there's a website called Have I Been Pwned, which we, and we'll post a lo- uh, link to it in the show notes, that you can look it up and, and you put in your email address uh, or your username and it will check to see if you've been hacked anywhere. And you know what? You probably have. (laughs) So many major websites have been uh, breached. And the best way to keep yourself secure is to have a different password for each website. Because then they hack LinkedIn. LinkedIn forces all their users to reset their passwords and they have nothing on you. They have a password you used one time that you've now reset after the hack. And so you're much, much more secure with something like LastPass, even though it doesn't feel as secure. 
Because you're like, oh, all my passwords are in one place. That must make them vulnerable. But in reality, those passwords are all in one place encrypted. And never once in the history of LastPass have those passwords been compromised. But many, many times, all the other websites get hacked, <laughs> which aren't using encryption in the same way. And um, then you are uh, violated because you're not reusing your passwords. So, and one of the things, I I, yeah, I one of the things I love about LastPass is essentially they say this is your master password. Do not lose this master password. If you lose this master password, you're out of luck and you have to start all over. <laughs> we can't recover it for you. And I like that. that. important. Yeah. The, the other benefit is uh, this is the pa- your last pass password is the kind of thing you put on a piece of paper in your safe deposit box so that if you were to pass away suddenly, God forbid, your heirs would be able to get access to your whole world, which is just a really good practice, right? So they can log into your bank and all your other things uh, and be, without having to like file papers and sue each one of these organizations and convince them that you're dead. So I know that's a little morbid, but it is a good practice. Yeah. yeah. And it, what I do is I have physically written down my last pass password. I know where it is and I reference it by a different uh, website. So no one is going to know that except me and Darcy. So that's another way to do it. If you don't have a safety deposit box, you know that it's really LastPass, but do not write LastPass. Here is my master password. <laughs> All right. So uh, the next uh, extension is stay focused. So if you are the kind of author that gets distracted on Facebook uh, or Twitter or any sort of website, stay focused is a extension that allows you to block websites. And how it works is if once a website is added to your block list, you're only allowed to use that website for amount of time you specify. So I have this installed on my Chrome. I'm only allowed to use Facebook for 30 minutes. And if I am on Facebook for longer than 30 minutes, it won't work after those 30 minutes because I've got this extension turned on. It helps me stay productive in a, in a very useful way. So if you're about to write a novel in a month, you're doing NaNoWriMo, this may be a really great app to add to your extension. Just block some of the web websites that are a little bit more distracting for you. You don't need to check Drudge Report every 30 minutes to see if tariffs have attacked. It's going to be okay. You can focus on your book. And the reality is we know this, uh, that our willpower is depleted every day. We wake up with more willpower. That's why we typically, if we're on a diet, it's harder to resist the food at night. Well, when your willpower is strong, you set up, stay focused, and then it reminds you when your willpower gets weak, nope, sorry, we're not going to go there. So it's a really helpful, uh, helpful app. Uh, the next app along those same lines is called Rescue Time for Chrome. And this used to be a very expensive app. They now have a free version that's quite robust, which is very exciting. And Rescue Time doesn't keep you from going to Facebook. It just gives you a report telling you how much time you spent on Facebook and how much time you spent on all of the other websites that you go to. And it also monitors the other activities that you're doing. And you can give yourself points uh, on a scale. It's uh, plus two or minus two or zero. So when I was using this, if I was in you know PowerPoint or Keynote or Word, those were plus two activities. Whereas if I was on Twitter, that was a minus one activity. And then I get points at the end of the day to see how productive I was. And just there's this principle in business that what gets measured gets managed. And just the act of knowing, oh, I'm going to have to see myself. It's just you. It's not like this is reported to anyone, although they do have an accountability partner program. <laughs> so maybe, Jim, we should become our accountability partners make sure we're not wasting too much time on uh, social media. Not a bad idea. <laughs> but just measuring it changes your behavior and helps you be more productive with the time that you have on front of your computer. 
You might have done this. Micah, my son, he was home from college in the summer. He stayed with us and we were working out together and eating right and this kind of thing. He said, Dad, get this app for your phone, my fitness pal. And I put that on my phone and I can plug in there how many calories I want to eat per day. And then it's really easy to use. You scan in the food you're eating and it calculates how many calories and all this. And I was amazed how quickly I got to my calorie count. Before that, my mentality was, oh, you know, I'm doing fine. I'm doing fine eating right. And then when I saw it in black and white, that was the wake up call. You've heard the cliche being nickel and dime to death. And it's really not these huge purchases that we make that break our budget. It's the this and this and this and this and this. And we just don't see how it adds up. So what Thomas is talking about is you will see in black and white how your time adds up and you'll go, oh, well, I only spend, you know, 20 minutes a day on Facebook. Ooh, ouch, it's an hour and a half. So that will be a huge motivator when you look and say, okay, I got to cut that back. That's right. And you often think you're spending a lot more time writing than you really are. This is because you can mm, good it'll point. tag. Oh, if I'm in googledocs.com or you know Microsoft Word, this is writing time. You can get a report and see, oh, I spent 10% of my day writing? What? I was writing all day. How did that happen? And then you look into it and you're like, oh, I was doing research and all these other things. And so it really is very helpful at helping you stay more productive. The ninth thing, something called Boomerang. Boomerang is a great app that allows you to put off emails until a time in the future. So if somebody sends you an email or you're like, oh, I got to do something about this a week from now, you can say, put this back in my inbox in a week. Or put this back in my inbox if somebody hasn't responded after two days. So you send an email to your agent or your editor, and if they don't respond in two days, it will put it back in your inbox. And it's very useful for kind of procrastinating in a strategic way. Sometimes procrastinating can be very helpful. I don't use this very often, but when I do, it's very useful. It's like, oh, this is a reminder. I need to know about this in a week. I can just set a boomerang, and it puts it back in my Gmail inbox. Uh, it also works for Yahoo. Yeah, a lot of people will forward an email where I'm going to forward it to a, a, a time later. You can do that in Outlook, for example. But that's much more laborious. This is a much cleaner, simpler, faster, easier way to do it. That's right. And uh, I really like it. It's also free. I think you can boomerang 10 emails a month in the free plan. And that's all I ever do. There's a there's a paid version as well. Uh, the next plugin is completely free. And I really like it. It's called Reportive. And it also installs into Gmail. And it will show you the picture of the person you're emailing back and forth with and their city and a way to connect with them on LinkedIn. So if somebody has a LinkedIn profile, you get all of this information about them. And I find it incredibly helpful if I'm scheduling a meeting to know what time zone they're in. And I find that I write nicer emails when I see the photo of the person that I'm emailing <laughs> right there. And it also helps me know whether so I get an email from a stranger. It helps me know if they're for real or not. Because at least in the business world, uh, if somebody's not on LinkedIn, they're probably not a somebody you can trust because uh, if they're on LinkedIn, you can see what their friends are and there's some reputation. There's some community. If somebody's hiding from LinkedIn, it's harder to trust that person. It doesn't mean I don't trust them at all, but I'm more suspicious of somebody if I don't see their photo when I get their email. Yeah, we're relational people. We like to see the, the picture of people we're dealing with. And so this is a quick, very quick way to do that. And I also can click with one click and see their LinkedIn. So you'll see, oh, we have so-and-so friend in common. And again, that helps me trust that person and it makes it easier for them uh, if they email me. Uh, the 11th thing is clout. 
Uh, so if you're trying to check somebody out or let's say you're wanting to do some promotions and you want to know if somebody's 10,000 Twitter followers, if that's uh, how much influence they have, if you have the clout extension for Chrome, it will put a clout score next to every single Twitter account and it gives you an idea of how influential they are, which is very useful to help make your time on social media which, again, we're not huge fans of social media promotion, but there are ways of using social media effectively. And one is to focus your energies and attentions on people with higher clout scores because clout has a very robust algorithm for measuring how influential somebody is. So I find the clout very useful. It also helps protect me from wasting my time on, like, bots and robot trolls and spammers because those folks are going to have very, very low clout scores. So... Thomas, this last one I have not used, so I'm curious if I understand uh, the workings of it, but it's send to Kindle for Google Chrome. So if you're a Kindle person, essentially you're able to click once and you can send any web page that you've highlighted or you want to explore more. You can actually send it, boom, to your Kindle. Is that correct? That's right. It creates a little mini Kindle book for it just for you. So if you're on some really long blog post and you're like, man, I really want to read this, but I don't want to read it on my computer screen, you just add the Send to Kindle uh, for Google Chrome extension to Chrome, and then boom, you're able to read it later on your Kindle. Uh, There's also other apps that do this. uh, Called uh, There's one called Instapaper and one called Pocket. Uh, I don't know if those work with um, Kindle, but they create really beautiful save for later reading versions. So like on my iPad, I'd have all my articles and pocket the ones from feedly often that you know i wanted to save and it's just this beautiful reading experience that's quite nice okay so question thomas we've got we've got all these extensions that do this is there an advantage to using the ones that are in chrome because there's other extensions out there that do similar things what's the advantage of of doing this, these all within the chrome extension family so some some of these extensions are going to also exist if you're using Firefox. So Firefox also has a, an extension library. So I know, for instance, Adblock works for Firefox. I believe Grammarly does as well. Um, but some of these may only, and LastPass works for Firefox. Some of these will only be available on Chrome. Yeah, so okay. this, Chrome is what I know. This is the episode on Chrome. If y'all want us to do one on Firefox, we can do the research and put one together. Um, Firefox, since it has fewer users, there are fewer extensions for it. And Safari, even more so. So I really like the Safari browser. The experience is a really good uh, reading experience. But the reason I don't use Safari is that the number of extensions for Safari is so low that there's some key, some of these like really do improve my experience online so much that I'm willing to use Chrome instead of Safari just so I can use that extension. Gotcha. Okay. Makes sense. All right. This show has been brought to you by the Rubart Writing Academy. Uh, has or Can people sign up? Is the is the sign-ups up yet on the website? Yes, yes. So if you're interested, we just finished our first academy. And um, how do I say this and sound humble, humble? But people came away saying, oh, my gosh, this was life-changing. So Taylor and I were thrilled that that was the experience for the people who came. Uh, we loved it, Thomas. We had an amazing group of students. So we are going to do it again May 3rd through the 6th. And you can go to Rubart bartwritingacademy.com and check it out and sign up right now. Uh, I will let you know that the info did get out to a few people. And so we've had three people already sign up. So if it, if it is something inter- you're interested in, I would encourage you to uh, go there quickly because the, the slots uh, will probably fill up fairly fast. And this is a very, uh, very small it's only 10 or 20 people, right? It's not like. Yeah, it's a maximum of 12 people. So it's, yeah, it's very intimate. 
Okay, so we've already we somebody else got the we promised you listeners y'all would get first dibs and we apologize for that. There are still openings and I should clarify this is May three through six, twenty eighteen. So for those of you listening yes. in the future, it's twenty eighteen uh, when this is coming and this is an incredible experience. If you want to level up your writing, the Rubart Writing Academy is the way to go. Okay, so our featured iTunes review comes from Deborah Hart from New Zealand, and you can find out more about Deborah at DebraHart.net. She says, this has become my go-to podcast and info resource. In fact, I've downloaded every episode, and I'm listening to them on my way back and forth to work. There are so many good tips, which I'm happily implementing because Thomas and Jim make it all seem doable. Deborah, thank you so much for your iTunes review. You've been listening to the Novel Marketing Podcast with Thomas Umstead Jr. and James L. Rubart, giving you novel marketing ideas on how to promote yourself and your writing, online, offline, and everywhere in between. Thanks for listening.